have our heading. Here we go! From the magic within our hearts to the adventure beyond the horizon, there is only one Disney. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's special edition of Human Events Daily. Today, we are going to do a breakdown episode all about Disney. Walt Disney, the Walt Disney Company, one of, or previously, America's most beloved brands and has been for 50 plus years. Disney was magical. Disney was amazing. Disney took childhood dreams and made them come to life. And yet somewhere along the way, I would argue it's probably with Frozen, that Disney started becoming more and more woke. And as they expanded, as they gobbled up properties from Marvel to Star Wars, something went wrong and the magic shifted to darkness. Well, to help me break down all of this, we've got from Turning Point USA, Morgan McMichael, who you guys may not know, not only is she an incredible uh, commentator and pundit and analyst, but she's also Jack Jack's babysitter when we were in Israel. <laughs> Morgan, Hello. how are you? Oh, good. How are you, Jack? I am fantastic. I have to thank you again for that. I, I, Jack Jack still talks about you to this day, by the way. You guys really... I love Jack Jack. Everyone knows he's, you know, when I want a son, I want my son to be just like Jack Jack. He's the sweetest. We'll have to, um, we'll have to get you guys on FaceTime or something, or yes. well, the next time we're out there in Phoenix. But I wanted to get you on to ask about Disney because, and and we all know that Disney has kind of gone wrong right now. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I just remember the first time I went to Disney World, I was two years old. And it's actually, we flew down from Philadelphia and it was, it is one of my earliest memories of being on that plane with my parents, going on the Dumbo ride. I remember it was kind of drizzly. You know, they say... You know, they're oh, you're, they're like you can't have memories from when you were two. I'm like, I remember the weather. You know, like <laughs> I can I could tell you what the weather was when we went on that Dumbo ride. So, these just amazing memories with my parents. We my mom was still pregnant with my brother actually at the time that we went, and I, I kind of remember that because um, she couldn't go on certain rides and stuff. Yeah, no, and Disney so, was the nostalgic everything. But, I mean, I remember when I went. I was eight years old when I went to Disneyland. It was great. Yeah. Like, that's where memories were made. That's where children's imaginations flourished. I remember I wanted to be a Disney princess. I wanted to be Belle. Belle was my Disney princess. Like, she was me. Belle. And I loved her. And then now, like, it's just not the same experience with kids going to Disney World anymore. I mean, watching the intro video, I loved Peter Pan going to Neverland, even the 101 Dalmatians. They're just not making the Disney books or even the movies the same. And it just makes me really sad because I grew up on it from when I was two, three years old all the way through high school watching Hannah Montana, Wizards of Waverly Place, that is where kids grew up on was Disney Channel and well, Disney. Well, you know what else it is, too? A lot of those early Disney movies, Walt Disney himself, they weren't self-created uh, stories. Disney, of course, is famous for this. They're Like you just mentioned, Peter Pan and Beauty and the Beast and some of the others, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty, uh, Sword in the Stone. These were not 
stories that he created himself, like Mickey and sort of the Mickey Mouse universes. Mm -hmm. But these were classics. These were classic stories, some that go back hundreds of years that he was adapting for a young audience in the modern age. Uh, Snow White, of course. And so now, obviously, some of the, the old versions of them, he had to kind of you know, he had to kind of bring them into, uh, make it a little more palatable. You know, it's not quite as dark as some of the original grim fairy tales are. But you know that they still have that classic gender roles, those classic yeah. roles of like the man and the woman, the the prince and the princess. You know, it showed the, the fairy the tale of reality. Right, exactly. It was definitely like that showed the nuclear family. It showed children being raised in a positive light. And it was Walt Disney, I think, was a creative genius. And then now the corporation has completely taken that away from what it used to be. Walt Disney, even a lot of people don't know this fact, but Walt Disney actually went to the U.S. House of Representatives and testified before the House Committee on Un-American Activities that communists were starting to take over Hollywood. The man literally went, you can pull up the testimony of this, like Walt Disney himself, it's totally been buried. This this information, this this hearing, it's on video too. There's, there's, it's, there's a recording of it. Um, you can go and watch. Nobody ever talks about it, that he actually went in and said, he said it started with the um, the unions and they would come into the unions where the workers were and then they would start spreading these, oh, everything has to be equal and everyone has to have equality. And he said, I can see it starting to come up. And he said, this is the opposite of Americanism because Americanism is all about doing your best and then working your hardest and being rewarded for that. And he tried to, all through his life, impart those kind of ideals and those kind of values, even when you look at a story like Pinocchio, right? Um, we just showed Pinocchio to Jack-Jack recently. And again, another story that comes from an old, a much older Italian um, uh, tale. But in Pinocchio, it's when he gives in to sin and vice and drinking and gambling and smoking and lying, obviously, that he becomes punished for doing those things and eventually turns into a donkey. But again, it's still imparting those good values. So it's not about this sort of like, oh, do whatever you want. It's actually the opposite of that if you watch the original Disney movies. That's there, but I feel like after Walt Disney died, then more and more people and the family started losing control, and we'll talk about this more in the next segment, but it, there's a, a huge, I would say, clash, and it, it, it doesn't last forever because you know, sort of like 80s, 90s, early 2000s, there's this this other like resurgence of Disney and you got like, yep. Aladdin, The Lion King, Little uh, Little Mermaid, you get the Disney Channel and all the great shows on there for kids. And and so there was that moment where it resurged after after Walt Disney left. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I remember growing up with all of the original Disney classics and I always joke like when I'm a parent, I'm going to have to get the VHS tape versions of them all because they're going to try and make these new live action movies. They're going to make these live action movies of all of these uh, originals and they're going to try and recreate them into what is going to be just woke Disney. And I genuinely think that Walt Disney would be incredibly disappointed with the decisions that the Disney Corporation has created for these future generations. And it really just makes me upset and sad to 
see how just the downfall of Disney has been. I mean, as a kid, I grew up with The Lion King. I remember I watched the brand new Lion King as soon as it came out, and I, I thought that one was pretty good. Uh, it was kind of hard to make animals super woke. But I mean, even if you look at, um, like you said, Pinocchio, Cinderella, all these princess movies, I just fear what they're going to create, especially I look at The Little Mermaid and even just the race baiting and uh, the changing of that that they're doing in these films. They're just completely changing the track of the original titles and what they were first promoting of those more traditional conservative ideals. And so I'm well, a little scared to see the future. Well, you're exactly right. And so The Little Mermaid, that's based originally on Hans Christian Andersen, who was the great uh, Danish storyteller. Um, the Lion King, of course, famously is based on Shakespeare. So The Lion King is based on Hamlet, which is which Hamlet itself is based on uh, this ancient Norse, um, you know, uh, saga called Amleth. And um, it's, it's basically that same idea of the father was the king who was killed by the uncle who takes the, the mother as his queen and then the son flees and comes back to get revenge for, you know, for everything that happened to avenge his father. That, that basic element goes from, so Lion King is actually like crypto Shakespeare. So it's, it's based on Hamlet, which is based on Amleth. That movie, um, The Northman that came out a few years ago is actually based on the original Nordic saga. But I want to take our first break because when we come back, I want to start talking before we get into the stuff they're doing now, I want to talk about when did the changes start? When did they begin? Folks, we'll be right back here. Human Events Daily Special with Morgan McMichael. Still 40, but I will throw in a visit to Okansana. Woohoo! Hi, family! Woohoo! all I got. And we're back. Human Events Special. We're talking about the decline of Disney, the woke vacation of Disney. You're here with TPOSA's Morgan McMichael. Morgan, I have a spicy take on this. Let's hear it. So I don't know if you've heard this one before, but it's kind of floats around there on the internets um, where I where I live. And a lot of people say that Disney's first real woke moment was when they made Star Wars completely female-centered. And they decided to sort of gender swap all the main roles so that, you know, the Princess Leia character was now the main character and that Luke, who had been the main character, the originals, like he's just kind of like off on the side and there's no like direct male lead. The males are all like supporting characters. Mm. And they say that's that's really the moment where Disney took a property and just made it and it just it just became worse from worse and worse from there. And of course, you know, Ray is the character's name and she's perfect and she has like all the force powers, no training. She can use a lightsaber the first time she picks it up and defeat the Dark Lord. You know, it, it's crazy, right? It's crazy. But I have a spicier take than that. You ready for it? I'm ready. <laughs> all right. My take is that it's it's not Star Wars. It's Frozen. That Frozen was the moment when Disney first went woke. I remember watching Frozen right when it came out. And it's and that it, and that they did it in secret, but they did it right before our eyes. Okay, I loved okay, Frozen. So, so everybody does, but let me let me show you. Let me deconstruct it here for a second. Frozen is the first major Disney movie where the main characters or the the center of the action is not on a male female couple. What is it? The center of Frozen is female female two females. And all the male characters in Frozen are like either a bad guy or a supporting character, like some beta follower orbiter kind of dude and like a screw up and everybody fails them. And it's about the two women together 
being the center of everything and men are kind of like they're either in the way or they're problematic or they're toxic or I don't know if you know, you know, there's actually an LGBT character that was secretly put into Frozen, right? Who? Which one? So do you remember where they go? I don't remember the guy's name, but do you remember the scene? And this is why we, I, I won't show Frozen to my kids that do you in, in, in general? I don't want to show Frozen to my kids that do you know there's a scene where they go to the sauna where they, like they stop at that? Like, uh, I guess it's like a trading post or whatever. Yeah, it's the, it's a guy that was like big summer blowout. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's like selling them everything. So there's a scene there, a throwaway scene where he kind of looks over his shoulder and and says like greets his family. He says hi, family, and he turns and it shows a sauna with and I guess it's based off like a Finnish sauna or something. But there's another man in the sauna surrounded by four children. There's no woman in there, and he refers to that as his family. See, this is it's just subliminal messaging. They're going to continue to do this. That's this is crazy. I mean, yeah, it started from Frozen. Had you ever heard that before? No, that's nuts. I mean, I watched that, didn't think anything of it. I know the scene, and I remember watching Frozen One, Frozen Mm -hmm. Two when they came out Mm -hmm. when I was even nannying Mm -hmm. kids. Like uh, kids love Elsa and Anna, but this is this is next level of 2013. I was in eighth grade. I was 13 years old. And I remember just everyone loved this. And now it just proves. Oh, it's the biggest show in, in the world by far. And that song, I mean, I mean, so, and they, so that song, man. That, yeah. And then the other, um, and, and let it go. Um, the, so Idina Menzel, who plays Elsa, um, she, of course, is famous for being uh, Elphaba and Wicked. Um, she was one of the stars of Rent. Right. Um, you know, my man card is like hanging by a thread right now because I know these things. And... <laughs> The point, though, is is that El, is that Idina Menzel was actually asked at one point, do you consider the story of Elsa to be a story about someone coming out of the closet? She was wow. actually asked about that, and she said you could see it that way. And that's so what you, I was researching Frozen 2, which came yeah. later. They said that Elsa is like the queer queen and that they're really just pushing the queerness when it comes to uh, Frozen 2 movie especially, and I think – Frozen 1 now knowing this was just a subliminal messaging of being able to push that setting the stage for a second movie to come out. Yeah, and so I don't know, right? And so we were debating this before the show today is so the question is was this done was this done as part of an agenda or was it done because they just actually believe these things? And I guess I guess there's no way for us to know directly unless we get like some Disney writers and start interrogating them Guantanamo Bay style, which, you know, I did say that. Um, that it's, but I, I think that on some level, they just actually believe this stuff. Like they actually believe it's good for children to be exposed to what they would call non-traditional families or non-traditional relationships, non-traditional storytelling. And it's, it started, and that was a decade ago. So that was it. So we've gone in one decade from frozen men are pushed to the side, two females at the middle. A, you know, the sauna with, uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, sauna boy. And then now we've got Libs of TikTok out there and it's Drag Queen Story Hour and it's every teacher and it's everyone. And they all believe that you should be showing this kind of stuff to children. It's even more extreme. And I think that those seeds had already been started to be planted um, as early as 2013, because you would never see something like this in like the 90s Disney movies or the classic Disney movies. But then all of a sudden, somewhere around that era, 
and then like Disney princesses became the main thing. And, you know, it's, it's so it started with female focused everything, but then it very quickly shifted into men are bad focused. Yeah. And I mean, they're promoting what toxic masculinity and the, what the feminist movement talk about now back then. And I mean, even a decade ago, I think it was partially an agenda. And then also they think it is good and they think this is positive and progressive thinking for children to be exposed to these things like same sex couples and, you know, the more woker ideologies of the left. And so I think they think what they're doing is positive and changing children's minds for the better. But in reality, it's just indoctrinating them further, because the thing is, is they're going to their schools and being taught this exact same stuff. Stuff, but now when they go home and watch TV, they're just seeing it all over again, further impressioning it into their brains of that this stuff is OK, when in reality, it's really not. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you walk into any library, any bookstore, you are just smacked in the face with it all over. And so my point is that every, you know, it's the it's the LGBTQ alphabet book for kids, you know, la la la. You know, uh, Jimmy has two daddies, la la la. Uh, you know, anti-racist baby, mom. my favorite one. Baby, yeah, by my boy Candy, um, who who I did break, and it's it's it's. I'm telling you, it started a decade ago, and I point to Frozen so many times, and I'm, people crap on me for that, whatever. But I'm telling you, these things started to change, and that was a huge moment in this. And these people, look. And this is something where, you know, and we're coming up on a break, but I know, I know, I don't know if Charlie would look at it this way because he focuses more on sort of like the, the philosophical academic shifts in indoctrination. But I, I don't think that that's what most people are responding to. I think they're responding to TV and movies. And I think that the, the role of this agenda being pushed forward in TV and movies, particularly with Disney, who, you know, fast forward during the pandemic, they had ESPN, they had Disney Plus, they had everything. You're locked in. You can't go anywhere. So, of course, it goes all over the place that they have been putting an afterburner on this stuff. And, OK, maybe this stuff was born out of some, you know, psychopath professor 100 years ago or something. Got it. Cool. But at the end of the day, I think that the more influential arm of this is through the mainstream media. We're going to be coming back for our final segment here on the decline of Disney. Morgan McMichael. When we return. Disney has announced their first ever Disneyland After Dark Pride Night events on June 13th and June 15th, 2023, during Pride Month. So, Morgan, we where we left off, you know, we talked about how Disney was becoming woke, but now you turn it in and it's Disney's hosting Pride Night. They're gender swapping everyone, they're race swapping everyone. Every time it goes to a live action, it's it's there's something injected, there's some form of indoctrination. There's the, they put the gay character in uh, Buzz Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear movie completely flopped versus the Mario movie, which just was a recreation of the games on, t on, on film and it did a billion dollars and it's like the biggest video game movie of all time. And so why is Disney still doing this? By the way, you look at their stocks. This was the worst year for Disney since the death of Walt, of, of Walt Disney. It's the one of their worst years, I think, since the 1970s this yeah. past year. The movies aren't making as much money at Strange Worlds, where like everything, it's super woke. Um, the parks, they're going up, they're going nuts. Part of it, I think, I guess you could say is because they expanded so fast, but and everyone they're hiring is so woke. Is there a future for Disney? Is there a path forward? What do you think? 
I think there possibly is a future, but they're definitely going to have to have some major shifts. I know that in the first quarter of the fiscal year 2023, they lost a billion dollars. And to try and recoup that, they're firing 7,000 employees, which was hopefully by 2024 going to make them revenue. But I think Lightyear was a showing enough. I loved Buzz Lightyear. I loved Woody. Toy Story was my favorite movies growing up. And then we see it just completely go woke with the gay scene. And it's like, what was the point of putting that in other than ideologically changing the minds of children? And I truly think that indoctrination isn't just at schools, but it's happening in the mainstream media, because how else are you supposed to get to the kids when they're all consuming media 24-7? You stick a kid in front of an iPad, you put them on Disney+, and what are you going to find? I know what, what shocks me the most is recently, I don't know if you saw this, the Proud Family has a reboot cartoon on Disney where there's an entire scene of the kids in the Proud Family, which focuses on like a black family being raised in America, um, with police and riot gear, showing BLM fists, showing all of this stuff for children. This, and this show is geared towards yeah, under eight years old. It's crazy. Well, so it's, it's normalizing the idea of rebellion against the system, normalizing the idea of destabilizing, because when, when it comes down to it, any revolutionary movement requires the destabilization of families, the destabilization right. of children, because if you target the children, then you don't even need the adults because you just wait a couple a couple years, wait a decade or so, and suddenly those kids, the ones who grew up watching Frozen, the ones who grew up watching all these things, are starting to go out into the workplace, and then eventually they get into positions of power. And so it goes on and on and on. And we have to realize that the 60s generation, the revolutionary generation of the 1960s, is the one in power now. And the longer that stays, the longer this type of stuff will go on. So I would say, and I would certainly say this to you and to, to everyone out there, um, I know people are crapping on me because uh, Tanya wanted to take the kids to Disney before this their, re their recent thing about the Florida bill. And they were saying, oh, look at that, Pacific took his kids. I was like, yeah, but that was before the, we called for the boycott. And at this point, I'm just saying, you know what? Stay away, groomer. Groomers, stay away. Cancel the groomers. And I think if you if you are still spending money at one of those parks, if you're still spending money on Disney Plus, you should really look to vote with your dollars and understand that these things will not change until we actually do something using economic warfare. That's why I've been encouraging people to go see the Mario movie. Go support Nintendo. You know what? The Japanese aren't let it, aren't letting this happen. They said no. I want none of that stuff. The original guy who made it. Um, was still involved with Mario. That's why it's like it's I'm Morgan. I'm going to say it. I'm in my anti Disney era. I'm in my anti-Disney era. I think I'm in my anti-Disney era. I mean, it's interesting, though, too, is like because of their subscribers have gone down, millions of people have been unsubscribing from Disney Plus lately because of this. I don't. I think parents are starting to get a little bit fed up with it, and the boycott Disney is actually working because, I mean, Bob Iger has really got his hands tied behind his back and doesn't know what to do. Amazing. Morgan, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for your interview. You really had your knowledge down on this, uh, but I didn't realize you had all those numbers. I didn't look up all that stuff. Thank goodness, because I don't have time to do any of that crap. Um, where can people <laughs> go to follow you? Where can people go to get more access to your work? You can find me on all Turning Point USA channels, but if you just look up my name and spell it right, M-O-R-G-O-N-N, -N, you can find me anywhere. Morgan, Thanks, Morgan. <laughs> Morgan, that's that's my famous nickname. <laughs> that should be that should be your show, Morgan. Morgan, that's it. Morgan, Morgan with the wind. I heard that one a lot too. Morgan with the wind. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm not, you're just bringing up. You're trying to cancel everyone now. 
They're like, oh man, you can't. That's like it's America's greatest novel. It's one of the Amer the greatest American movies, uh, Gone with the Wind. And if you haven't read the novel, I highly recommend because it is utterly okay. fantastic. And it is like an anti romance novel. It's so good. Um, bring bring Rhett Butler back. Make America Rhett Butler, or make Rhett Butler great again. You know, what do I do? Where will I go? Frankly, my dear. <laughs> Later. <you> go. <laughs> Morgan Michael, always a pleasure. We'll have to get you on so much more. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore. I want to take a second to remind you to sign up for the POSO Daily Brief. It is completely free. It'll be one email that's sent to you every day. You can stop the endless scrolling trying to find out what's going on in your world. We will have this delivered directly to you totally for free. Go to humanevents.com slash POSO. Sign up today. It's called the POSO Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You will not regret it. Humanevents.com slash POSO. Totally free. The POSO Daily Brief.